there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. Hello, everybody. Welcome to White Lion Fever. My name's Steve Mascord. Uh, special mention to our VIP uh, pa- patron, Annie Massey. And we have... Here, one third of the group responsible for what I reckon is the album of the year. It's Damo Campbell from the Casanovas. Hey, Damo, how are you, mate? Hey, Steve. Good man. How are you? Good, mate. Thanks for coming on. Now, I say I said the album of the Pleasure. year, and I, I might have to, I might have to sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, add a caveat there. It could be the album of the year so far because we just heard the first new music from ACDC in about, uh, in about. Three, three years, four years, but it was about 2016, wasn't it? So about four years. Um, pretty exciting stuff, mate. Are you excited about new new Akadaka? Uh, to be honest, mate, I didn't know anything about it. I, just, I, I actually saw a little um, neon lightning bolt the other day. Somebody posted and it was like, oh, okay, here we go. But that, what you played for me just before was the first I'd heard of it. But it's, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, 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 mate. Um, you must be um must be um exciting time for you uh with Reptilian Overlord out and getting good reviews all around the world. Yeah, it's um it's exciting to get it out finally. It's um it's been a bit of a wait for us. I mean, we recorded that twelve months ago now, so um we're starting to be completely honest with you. We're we, you know we're in COVID, we're in Victoria here, so we're completely locked down. So we've been doing a lot of writing of um the next album. Um, <laughs> But it's been good to actually get, you know, something that we've been living with for a long time actually out into the world. And um, it's getting some good responses, which is good. Like, it, it justifies sort of, you know, the time it's taken between last album and this one. So that's pretty cool. I guess you never know how other people are going to receive, um, you know, new music. So have you heard other people's perspectives that has kind of surprised you or, or allowed you to look at it a different way? Uh, yeah, I, I think probably the biggest thing for us is we went into this album with with no sort of preconceived ideas. We knew what we wanted to do. We knew what the sounds we wanted. Um, you know, some of the songs they're, they're pretty far and few, but, uh, few and far between in terms of styles. And and it's really just a it's an album of the stuff that we like to do. What we what we believe you know good rock and roll should be. So when we start hearing some feedback coming in that it's like you know we're, we're a little bit eclectic and we're a little bit different to a normal rock and roll band with with sort of some of the songs it's it's kind of cool people are actually picking up on that yeah yeah um did you i mean from the point of view of songwriting and consistency from sort of the first track to the last you know you, you, you it, it ranks pretty well you know in, in your back catalog doesn't it? i mean have you looked at it from that perspective um i guess we've moved on a lot you know um i i think um Early on, you know, the first album, we were sort of probably um, in the mould of, of being a sort of very ACDC-esque type of band. Um, and, you know, and that was cool because we love ACDC. But I think um, I think it's probably taken us, you know, a long time to probably break away from that. We weren't really trying to do that on purpose. It, it, it probably never was as hard of a mould as what people thought it was. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I just think, um, we really, it was the first time that we had some clear space and some clear direction with some, with some cool songs that we really wanted to get together. 
Um, and, you know, we had we had Mark Opitz on board and that was exciting too. And we went to a pretty good studio where we we just early on got some really good energy out of the track. So it was, it was always, you always knew that that's a good start. You had a lineup change since the last album with Brett coming in for Jaws. Can you tell us a little bit about that, how that came about? I noticed the website that you've got has still got the previous lineup. So... I don't know whether you're locked out of your own website or whatever, but what was the, what was the story there with the, with the lineup change? Yeah, on the website, I, yeah, that website's probably pretty old. I, I think we're probably locked out of our own website. But um, uh, look, you know, Jaws, um, Jaws has been in the band for he was he was there for you know fifteen odd years. So um, and we love Jaws dearly, you know, and we still do. But um, he he actually changed a few things and, and moved off to, to Bali. So All right. uh, made life a bit harder to sort of write new songs and record and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, we made a change. We had um, uh, Brett Wolfenden, Wolfie, he joined us. He actually joined us after the recording. So we got Ricky Ray in there for um, to actually do the drum tracks. Uh, and Ricky's drumming's phenomenal, you know. Just a, a hard hitting motherfucker. So um, it, it just it just gelled beautifully. And Wolfie's style is different again. You know, he he's got a lot more chops and feel and all that sort of thing. And it's it's really um, a whole different thing again. So we're really excited to record with Wolfie and 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 you know probably get into the studio in the new year with him. For the people uh, listening on the audio podcast, we're going to play a song again soon. And I thought I should ask you about. Uh, Tommy was on one of the very first episodes of this show and I actually went round to his place at St Kilda and recorded it. And, of course, um, my favourite song of the year so far from anyone anywhere is St Kilda is Fucked. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about about that song? I mean, I've, did, did, it come, did it all hit in one go? Was it a night out in St Kilda where you went, this is terrible or... Did, it, did, did the inspiration for it just sort of grow over the years, you know? Uh, look, that's, that's, a, that's Tommy 100% all of that. And that, that sort of hit my ears in one day. He just came out with that. So I think that's probably a, a culmination and build-up of, of all of Tommy's experiences from when he grew up in St Kilda, you know, um, and probably in his, his early 20s, lived there for a bit and obviously experienced it as you know, as we all did living in Melbourne, sort of going to the SB and the Prince and all that sort of thing. Um, and it's just, a, you know, it, it's just a, an observation, really, of, of obviously what's happened um, in not just St Kilda, but a lot of places everywhere where um, it's changed. It's, it's, um, it's really, um, it's not the place it used to be. But that, it was a pretty funny take, I must say, um, where Tommy's uh, come out with that.
Tommy from the Casanovas, and you're on White Line Fever. Welcome back to White Line Fever, and I've got Nick from Goddard here again. G'day, Nick. Um, I just uh, let's let's we we really have neglected to talk about the album, which is what he's here for. Um, I, I just um. Uh, oh, the, the Francis Rossi connection, the members of the Hooters. Um, what's the story there? Obviously, this the, the, do these do these um, relationships. And, and by the way, the reason I mentioned that is because uh, these people co-wrote songs on on the album Thirteen. Do these relationships go back to before you were in the band? Um, uh, not before I was in the band, but uh, actually a few years ago, we uh, Leo and I. Uh, we did um, we did a tour called the Rock Meets Classic tour. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and so we were on that, and uh, and that's uh, and actually Francis Rossi was there, and Eric Bazilian as well. So we and we were hanging out a lot with those guys, and and uh, but basically, you know, uh, uh, started writing a song with Francis. Even I mean, we on our previous album, we we had a song called Bye Bye Caroline that we we did with um, with Francis uh, just basically backstage because we were touring for like a month together so we were hanging out a lot backstage and just with an acoustic guitar just kind of you know wrote wrote that song and so kind of by the end of the tour we'd had a song written and released it and everything so that was kind of how we started with Francis and and um, and then we we you know for this album he, he had an idea for a song called Mysteria and then we ended up, yeah, we, we just sort of finished that song up with him. And, and uh, we, we, you know, we, I, st- I still speak with him quite often. I mean, he's a, he's a really, really, really nice guy. You know, we, we always have a great laugh with him. Super funny guy. And, uh, yeah, so we, and, and Eric, well, we, we uh, same thing. You know, I, I actually uh, connected up with Eric uh, after the Rock Meets Classic tour as well. I went up to Sweden, did, a, did some uh, unrelated Gotthard stuff, uh, just songwriting with him, wrote a few songs with him, and and uh, we became pretty good friends as well and, and uh, uh, thought it would be a good idea to get him down to Switzerland to, to, to you know, spend a few days and, and see what we can come up with as well, you know. And, uh, yeah, so we wrote a couple of, well, wrote, wrote a song called Bad News with him. Mm. And uh, and then he had this. Uh, he actually had a song that 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 he used <laughs> that that he'd recorded himself and and played to his wife, well his his then girlfriend, you know, as a way to sort of propose to his wife. <laughs> and and, uh, and she, you know, she said yes, and they've been married for years and years now. And he's so he's sort of always had this song lying around. And uh, oh, that's it. That's it. It's that's a, that's yeah. exactly right, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that's the song. And so, we, <laughs> and he showed it to us, and uh, and Leo in the band, you know, as soon as he heard that song, he said, "Wow, you know, we we we, we got to do, we, we got to record this song," you know. Mm. And uh, he'd never done anything with it because it was kind of obviously more of a personal song, you know, just just between sort of him and his wife, and and uh, and he really liked the idea. And by that stage, it was kind of four o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, we'd had a bottle of whiskey and we, <laughs> we jumped in the studio and recorded it at the, at four a.m. <laughs> and that's what's on the album, you know. So uh, we we didn't actually re-record it. We just sort of added some some strings to it and stuff. But we, yeah. It's, Did it's you actually much... record it at four a.m.? Yeah, four a.m. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we we'd just gone through a bottle. Of, we'd finished a bottle of whiskey and just kind of, you know, we were listening to this. You know, he was showing us the song, and we just we were already there in the studio. And we thought, hey, let, let's 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 do it. Let's jump on it. Let's record it. You know, so. Well, that's definitely going to be the, our final song, but I've just got a couple uh, more questions uh, for you, for you, Nick. Uh, one is, I'm just doing a bit of research. You know, your brother Sebastian, who, who you, you know, you had a band with back back in Australia. I, I found all this stuff about opals when I was uh, when I was googling him yeah, and stuff. What's a, what's the story there? 
Yeah, well, he's uh, so he's he's back living. Uh, he's been living in Australia for a few years now, and and he's uh, sort of, you know, gave the whole music thing a rest for a while, and and just uh, yeah, just started getting into opals. He, he just so he, he goes out to the to the mines, goes out to to oh, what's it called out there? You know, um, uh, Pilbara or something? Oh, no, oh, I know Cooper Pedy. No, ah, uh, what is it? Ah. Uh, um, uh, Anyway, it's it, it's pretty far out. Like, so he's got a four wheel drive. He drives out there in, in the middle of nowhere, and um, and then just uh, yeah, just buys all these kind of rough, um, you know, these stones, all these rocks basically, and then takes them back home. And he's got the kind of you know um, uh, turns them into opal, basically. You know, like, like uh, that does his thing, and uh, yeah, he just got really really got into that and. And uh, my dad's doing it with him as well, and they're, they're kind of yeah, they're really kind of getting stuck into this thing, and uh, uh, they they yeah, they're making some uh, actually some really 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 nice stones. So it's, it's just yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> as usual, I've got more questions, but we've run out of time. So uh, I want to appreciate uh, I appreciate your time, Nick. It's been nice having a chat, and uh, don't go stir crazy. And uh, we'll uh, and, and we'll get another song. Uh, which one? Let's let's go with bad news. Bad news. You made your way. You had your run. You had your day.
listening to White Line Fever. Okay, welcome back to the show. And I, uh, he played Down Payment Blues on the last uh, episode, which makes him a friend for life. It's Gary Moat uh, from Burnout Rec. How are you, uh, Gary? Welcome back. <laughs> Hey, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good song, isn't it? It's it, it, it is. It's, it's the best. It's the best. Um, now, um, you know, um, I know that, and it's it's timely actually. It's a good segue because uh, um, you your singing gets compared to Bon Scott quite often, and I know you're you know you're a fan. Um, yep. But but um, you know, I've got friends from Manchester who say we can all sing harmonies like the Bee Gees. Um, that it's actually just part of the sort of. Um, it's it's in the DNA around there. The the vocal cords are just just built like that. Do, is there anything in that as far as a similarity between? I know, you know, like the guys from the guy from Rhino Bucket, uh, George Delivo, is not from Glasgow, <laughs> but uh, um, but but is there is there is there anything in that? Do you think that that, that it's there's actually a sort of a geographic uh, um, thing there where you can sing like that because you're from there? You know. Well, you know, I mean. ACDC, Bon Scott, you know, and before that, you know, it was when we were listening to, as a, at a young age, bands like Finn Lizzy, Status Quo, you know, and I'm trying to remember anybody who sang, you know, in that register, but, you know, probably Robert Plant at the time, it was one of the, 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 the highest vocalists, I suppose. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, coming from Glasgow, you know, that's, that's where I'm from, but I don't know if it's, if it, if it goes the way you're saying, you know, um, you know, areas, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I, I was brought up and listening, as soon as I went to see ACDC and I heard Bond singing, that was it, I just, something went ping inside my brain and I started trying to learn how to sing like that. But you need to remember, I was a drummer, I was just enjoying what they were doing, you know, it's like, but as a songwriter, that's where I started trying to reach was his level, you know, and uh, so it's been been in me for many years, you know, and yeah. uh, so I blame him for the way that I sing, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, his fault, you know. Another thing that might be Scottish is going from uh, a drama to singing, because uh, that would happen in Gun as well, didn't it? Didn't it? You know. The drummer, be- drummer became a singer. Um, how how hard is the process? And do you ever get behind the drums at all now? Do you have drums set up at home? Do you, do, or do you just switch? Do you, do you still listen to drumming particularly, or have you completely just let it go? Um, I would say I've let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't actually played drums properly since uh, in the 2011. Um, I joined the covers band just up here in Northamptonshire. Yeah. And uh, we we played for about two years. So I ended up in two covers bands, and uh, I just had that thing at that time where I just thought I need to get out and do something just to keep myself occupied. Yeah. Uh, mainly, I got drunk, you know, because that's what. I <laughs> 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 you know, so uh, it was a crazy period. But um, yeah, I uh, I gave up drumming really around about nineteen ninety one when we formed a band called Mars Room, and so. I became the front man singer because I was writing the, the songs and, uh, you know, the melodies and stuff. So we decided that rather than find someone else, it might as well do it yourself, especially as I was sounding that way anyway. So, good enough, you know. What about, don't you have friends who are drummers who think you're a traitor? You know, they kind of, I mean, drummers are kind of like, a lot of drummers are like, they're just lifers, aren't they? They're, they're you know, they... 
they just love the drums so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I was definitely that way, you know. And, I mean, I still do. I mean, I still got about three or four drum kits here in the house, uh, in yeah. the loft, of course. But again, I'm out of way to take up too much room. But I never get. I'm, I never set them up and play them, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not at all. You know, the nearest I get to that is maybe hitting them at a sound check for the band or something, just for a laugh, you know. But, yeah. It sounds like just from reading some of your interviews, Gary, that you would have sung earlier, but the way rock was in the eighties, and the and he talked about an A and R guy in America in particular, who was really rude. Uh, that you you know you it was it, it was a. It, it sounds like it was like a, a, a almost kind of like you, you kind of like uh, were were intimidated into not singing. You know what I mean? Is it, was that is that fair enough or not? Or you? you... Well, not really. No, I don't. Uh, you know, you know, in the heavy pit, and you know, Amy was a singer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was the front man, as it were. You know, I mean, myself and Gordon were writing the songs. Amy was singing them, like you know, and. You know that, that I had no problem with that whatsoever. You know, and that you know uh, people might try and say differently these days or whatever they want to say. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just not the case. You know, I, I had no intention of being a singer in heavy pen. You know, yeah, not at all. And then and I didn't want to do it then, so I was quite happy. And, and if we hadn't have split up, then I would still be the drummer in heavy pen to this day. You know. Which brings me to my next question, uh, Gary. Is that they're back? Heavy pet in the back. What, what do you make of uh, What do you make of that? Um, it's good to see them, uh, Gordon and Henry, out there doing it. Uh, they've got three new guys in the band. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've not actually been to one of the gigs. Um, we did play at Hard Rock Hell in 2019 together, but um, they were on at midnight and we were on about two in the afternoon or something. Yeah. So we didn't get to see each other play, uh, but we did have a chat, uh, myself and Hamie, and that was the first time I'd seen him since about 1989 or something. Wow, wow. That is a long time. Wow. Uh, a really long time. Very emotional, very emotional, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let, let's have another song. Uh, any song you like. If it has to be... Um, a, you said I could pick one. I would pick Positive. Uh, do you want to okay. do, do positive or not? Uh, oh yeah, it's awesome. It is a great song. It's a great. Song. It, it, it's basic, simple, but very effective. <laughs>
is Gary Moore, and you're listening to Bite Line Fever. Okay, welcome back to the program, and it's the second part of our interview with uh, Chuck Billy from uh, Testament. And I, we won't talk about his own his health again because we've already uh, covered that, and uh, he's recovered, uh, thank God, uh, from, from COVID nineteen. But I wonder, do you do you Chuck, do you believe that live music will come back exactly the way it was, or do you do you no, think it'll be changed no. forever? Not not for not for quite some time. I mean, I think. Um, I mean, you never know. Metalheads maybe are a little more extreme. <laughs> but I think people are going to still probably be cautious getting into a crowd, especially what I find at metal concerts. At You know, bands have fans that travel all around the world to see them. So that's what we were talking about on tour is like, you know, we meet fans from everywhere. How do we know where they're coming from and what they have or what they've traveled to see us? Mm. You know? And those are usually the fans that want to hang out by the bus and get an autograph and they get in contact with you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it meet and greets are going to be different. The, the interaction with the fans are going to be different. You know, stage diving. You know, everything's just going to be different. I, I believe it's not going to get back to being normal, which maybe is a good thing. You know, maybe we do. You know, be more cautious in what we do and breathe on people. I mean, for years we'd go to. Japan or China or something, and a lot of people wore masks. I've always tripped on it, like, why do they wear a mask? But now I kind of get it. It's like they're, I feel sick and don't want to spread it, you know? So, yeah. You know, yeah. Take, take something, the lead from that, you know? Yeah. Everyone's been innovating, and you know that if you get on uh, Facebook in the evening, your, your timeline is full of musicians sort of playing at home um, now. Um, which sort of innovations have you seen? Have you adopted any of them, and is there any of them that you think might stick and and you might be able to monetize? Have you seen anything that you go, wow, you know, that's a good idea? Uh, Not yet. I mean, I see the jamming, people jamming. I know Alex has been jamming with Charlie and a few people on Zoom. Um, You know, I mean, I think that's fun and, you know, keeps the people entertained and connected. Mm. Um, But I don't know. I mean, it's the whole streaming world is such a new thing that and they haven't figured out how to monetize bands fairly yet so Mm -hmm. i don't know hopefully just just because physical sales are going to the wayside maybe we'll figure it out how to get bands and people paid properly through digital yeah you think that might happen yeah yeah If, if if you if you can if a band like yours can't tour the way you always have do you have a business anymore at the moment? Like, what? How are you kind of, you know, how are you projecting? Well, you go online. You got to go online and create new products, new T-shirt designs. Um, you know, different things like that. You know, um, mm. that's that's about the only way you're going to do it. You know, come up with new products. Like we're talking, like you know, what are we going to do? We'll sit on for the rest of the year. We've got a brand new record. Well, maybe we do some cool videos or some animation stuff and make out another product that goes with this record when things let up. Mm. There's just another piece to have a, you know, out there. And, you know, I guess it's it's really going to come down to that, you know, online and just really getting bands paid fairly. Mm. So, you know, without touring, people can create music and be paid fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a different platform for it or something. Um, the, the album's obviously Titans of Creation. I hope 
It's not the first time I mentioned it, but maybe it is, and I apologise if that's the case. But uh, how is a uh, is a response uh, different in this environment than it would be in the previous setup? Like uh, feedback, do you find people maybe are in front of their computers a bit more? They're commenting more about things. Yeah, anything? definitely more comments, more people on their hands. People are locked down, and yeah, we had, we're, the response has been great to the record. Of course, you can't please everybody, but I think the majority of Testament fans are enjoying the record. You know, it's definitely a strong, unique record. Mm. And to me, I mean, for us, thirteen records later, it still feels fresh. You know, when I hear it, it feels new to me. You know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's have another song, Chuck. What can we play? Uh, why don't we uh, play like one of my favorites that's always been a ripper right out of the gate is Children of the Next Level. Broken world 
this broken world, this mortal shell.